1: Pittsburgh sports fans, welcome back to another episode of Back Through the Tunnel. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host here for this PM ride home, or maybe you're at your home, your PM podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio. And joining me today, we're talking baseball, and we're talking baseball that's actually back, meaning players on the field, players hitting, fielding, throwing, catching. It's exciting. Alex our Pirates Insiders with me. Alex, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm going to be able to see some of that uh, pitching, hitting, throwing later today. So it's going to be a good day.
1: Yeah, so what, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, I think it might have been on last week's show. We were, you were expected to be there, and everyone was excited, and then wham, right at the last second, Allegheny County basically said, not so fast. The Pirates said no media allowed on the premises, but now you're back. So what does that look like for reporters? Are you restricted to a certain area? Are you allowed to roam the concourse? What have they told you?
0: Um, we are restricted to a couple areas. Um, a lot of these are details between uh, the media and the club, so I'm not going to divulge a whole lot because I don't know how much is confidential. I don't know how much is uh, you know, accessible for public knowledge. But, yeah, we're going to be allowed in. We're going to be allowed in the press box, in the concourse. Um, all the interviews are going to still be done through Zoom anyway. Mm-hmm. But we're actually going to be able to see what's going on, which is, which is going to mean a lot because, you know, you talk to Derek Shelton at the end of the day and be like, Derek, we just saw Gregory Polanco hit three straight balls into the river. I mean, how's that swing look? It, it, it's small stuff like that that will make my life a whole lot easier, I feel like. Well, not Believe it or not, yeah, go it's ahead. tough to write about spring training or summer camp or whatever we're calling this whenever you can't see the summer camp. And you're going solely based off of what other people are telling you.
1: Right, that that's the thing. Like you're going to get firsthand news, and I'm talking to the listeners out there that are wondering what's going to be the difference. If ever, if every interview is going to be a Zoom call, yeah, that stinks because Alex can't go into the the clubhouse and talk to Polanco about any maybe things that he's changed on his swing that's causing you know launch angle to diff whatever the case may be. We're not going to get those, yeah. but what we are going to get is your eyeballs actually watching a practice, in which case you might notice something that no one else does. You might notice an extended bullpen (laughs) session for a pitcher. You might notice the fact that Adam Frazier's range has improved dramatically in terms of in the field. I'm excited for you all to be back in there. I know that you're excited to be back in there out of what we know so far about camp. Is there any player that you're hearing, whether it's from the players that have been interviewed um, or anything that, that, that have kind of stood out that are, that are playing well, that are, whether it's hitting fielding, whatever. I'll give you two.
0: Uh, The first one being Gregory Polanco. Um, I've heard nothing but good things so far. I I know I wrote that piece about Josh Bell saying, hey, that was the best I've seen his arm since, you know, since he had the surgery, which is great. And the swings, great. But Shelton's saying, you know, the swing looks good. He's running the base as well. He also complimented the arm the real interesting thing is he was throwing a third base from right field to third base. And back in Bradenton, he's like, look, I'm not going to put any extra pressure on my arm. I'm just going to hit the cutoff, man. That's the number one thing I can do, you know, just protect the arm. And yeah, this could just be drills because there could be a scenario where he does have to go for right field. You know, just, just go for it. Um, But it's good to see that he has the confidence or at least in practice form he has the confidence to do something like that. Uh, pitching wise would be Chad Cole. Uh,
1: okay. We didn't lame.
0: get to see a whole lot of him back in spring training, and while I never was able to confirm this, it really looked apparent that they were going to limit his innings. You know, this year, and instead of you know a lot of teams where okay he has a normal spring training and then we limit his innings by he's done in September he doesn't pitch in September it looked like the Pirates were going to take it the other direction, knowing that they would probably need extra pitch, or they would need extra pitchers uh, over the course of the season, and it would be slowly lead him in through spring training in April, and then his five months or whatever it would be would be May to September. So he comes into this camp, and now the discussion is, okay, no, we actually need to get him a certain amount of innings, you know, this year we have to put, you know, some work back on that arm. We can't baby it forever. That was never the plan. Uh, so it's a much different situation right here. The stuff, I, <laughs> the Jacob Stallings descriptions of uh, Chad Cole's pitches, whether it was like just gross, filthy, you know, a lot of good stuff. The curveball is the interesting thing that he brought up. Yeah, it was a pitch that he started to trend up. He started to use a little more in 2017, and then towards the later parts of 2018. But you know, Justin Message and Oscar Marin in charge. There's been a lot of talk about you know how the Pirates use their breaking pitches, how they use their spin. Chad Cole's curveball. I I know this is going to get eye rolls, but if you want to just strictly talk about spin. And the efficiency of his spin, and how much that leads to movement, Chad Cole's curveball is very close to Garrett Cole's curveball. Mm. You know, both of them have that upper ninety seat. And I'm not saying yeah. Chad Cole would be Garrett Cole, but there are similarities <laughs> there. I'm not saying Chad Cole would be Garrett Cole, but you look at the the raw tools. It's like, yeah, yeah, there, there's some similarities here.
1: And you can never have too many arms, legitimate arms. You cannot. And especially in a 60-game season where, you know, the Pirates' fifth starter, you know, is it going to be Holland? Who knows? If you can get a guy that's even just a, hey, we just need four to five innings and we'll turn it over. We've got some long, you know, we've got some uh, long relievers that are ready and maybe cool fits that role. I don't think – it's good to hear his name because, honestly, it kind of put him on the back burner. Didn't think that he was going to have much of a role. But everything sounds positive there now speaking of positive and i hate to use that segue that's awful
0: that is an awesome segue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but speaking wow of po- <laughs> you're welcome thank you very much i'll be here all week um the pirates you know you've been hearing a lot of rumors about positive covid19 tests the coronavirus whatever you want to dub it um the pirates that have two players have what is the? I know that the Pirates players specifically allowed the team to release their names. That's how you know early on. I know that you tweeted out a bunch of, you know, hey, they're not going to release names. That's privacy. And then the players said, hey, that's fine. You can tell people that we tested positive. Mm-hmm. Are the, NF, uh, the NFL, MLB, and MLBPA, are the players' union? Are they going to release? Is it weekly the joint numbers? You know, is the one point two percent that we saw last week? Is that going to be a weekly? Uh, release uh how are they handling those positive tests in terms of the union and the league
0: i i don't know if it's going to be weekly it is going to be periodically we're going to be okay. getting those updates throughout the entire season um yeah they're going to be making that data available in like a very raw numbers uh, sort of way so they're not going to release names that's HIPAA law. That's yeah. way above my yes. It's way above my pay grade. <laughs> I got into sports journalism, so I didn't have to learn a whole lot about HIPAA law and stuff like that. But you know, this this break has made me an expert on like tax brackets whenever they had that sliding scale mm-hmm. proposal. So I've learned a whole lot yeah, more than have. I expected, you know, these last couple months on the job. Uh, we're gonna learn more about that. They're not gonna release the names unless the players consent. Uh, you've seen some big names, you know, across the league actually test positive. Freddie Freeman is probably the biggest one so far. And mm-hmm. his teammate, Nick Marcakis, you know, talked to him, heard the symptoms, and he's like, you know what, I'm actually not going to play this year. I'm good. It's It's not worth it. So it's –
1: well, in terms of baseball in general, like what the heck is Major League Baseball doing? You hear these reports I about the, the the Oakland Athletics. The, the testers weren't even showing up. Players were just doing the test themselves. I'm assuming this is a saliva test as they're not jamming a Q-tip up their nose. Um, but the players are just testing themselves. The Nationals had to delay a workout or cancel a workout, I'm sorry, because, again, they hadn't gotten results back. I understand that Major League Baseball is the front runner here, meaning they're actually back at camp. No other organization is. I'm talking about the big four. The NBA hasn't started up yet. The NHL is still in there. They're getting ready to start their training camp. The Major League Baseball is the trailblazer here. And I think everyone with a logical brain knew there was going to be hiccups. But, my goodness, they got to get this stuff wrinkled out, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and they used the excuse of, you know, the holiday weekend slowed us down. It's like, oh, if only we knew that the 4th of July would be, you know, a holiday.
1: It's not got bonus. If only there was some <laughs>
0: indication. I, yeah, it's, it's not good. Whenever they released that test, they said, you know, we did 98% of tests through the first testing period. It's like, okay, well, that's not bad. But the first testing period ended July 3rd. And you're supposed to be tested every other day. And it takes 72 hours for testing. It, they need to get this together fast because if you're going to have this problem, I mean, do it, I guess it's better to have it now. So you can figure out. So if it's like, all right, we have to make a second site in Nashville or we need to just hire people, you know, 24 hours, we'll work about the overtime later. We'll figure it all out. They can't let this start to stack up. This cannot, this, this schedule is set in stone. You yeah. can't have teams miss a, a whole lot of summer camp and then go into spring training. This is right now bad, and it could easily snowball into disaster. They need to figure this stuff out. From the Pirates' standpoint, they basically said, we haven't been able to get anything going you know, significantly in Altoona because we don't have results. Yeah, Which, I mean, the players in Altoona weren't – it's almost certain – None of them were going to make the major league opening day roster, but those were guys who were going to be called up in the middle of the season. Potentially those were guys who were going to be on the taxi squad. That's, I mean, those guys are important. Maybe not at the very, very beginning of the season. So you could afford to miss the first week or so, but they're going to be important this year. Major league baseball Needs to make sure the Pirates can get their alternate site camp going and teams like the Nationals, Astros, the Athletics, like you mentioned, that they could actually do their job and get ready.
1: Well, you know, the funny thing is, you mentioned how, you know, over time, this is where, because I think this stuff is fixable and it's fixable by the Major League Baseball flexing their financial muscle and saying, you know what, I don't care what we have to pay you guys. We'll, we'll, let's get, we need these results back. We need the testers to be there no matter what. We'll pay them double, I don't care what they have to do, that they have the money to do that, they have the resources to do that. If we want sports back, and I mean we, the general public, the reporters that rely on sports to be back, they have to be better because the last thing anyone wants to see is let's say the end of July starts, baseball games are being played, albeit in front of empty seats, and then all of a sudden in early August, the plug gets pulled. That would probably be, in my opinion, the worst case scenario for sports fans based on the excitement of sports back. And then you just get the rug ripped out from underneath you. I think baseball can get this done. I think they will get it done because I think that everyone's going to be watching them and seeing how do they respond? The criticism has been justifiable. And now it's time for them to kind of say, all right, well, this isn't going to happen again. Now, the last question I have, and you wrote about this the other day on dkpittsburghsports.com. A lot of players, and you brought up Nick Markakis of the Atlanta Braves, have decided to opt out for the upcoming season. Some big names have opted out. David Price. Um, I know there's others that are just escaping my mind right now. But have there been any rumors of any Pittsburgh Pirates at least teetering on? I don't know if I'm going to play, or has have you heard anything, any inklings of that at all?
0: I have not heard any. First of all, just all the Pirates that they expected to come to camp are in camp, and I have not heard any indication that any player is going to opt out of okay. this season. Now, to the Pirates' knowledge, there is no set deadline for someone to opt out. So if a week from now a player like Brian Reynolds you know, sees, you know, that the testing is really not going and maybe maybe pirates have to shut down their summer camp. And he's like, you know what, I've got a pregnant wife at home. I'm good. That could be a case. It could potentially be in mid August or even September. if, If I'm understanding it correctly and the pirates are understanding it correctly, that there is no date to opt out, but no, right now, everyone, the pirates expected to be in camp is in camp. Two players, Cedar Lynn and Brito, are still, you know, isolated because they tested positive and they're waiting for results for a, a two or three more players. But besides that, it's it's pretty normal in Pirates camp right now.
1: Okay, a couple follow-up questions before our first break. First and foremost, if a player opts out of the season, they do not get paid, correct?
0: Uh, I believe it would be up to the Major League team if they want to award pay and uh service time but i think that only counts if you are an at-risk person or you live with an at-risk person so brian reynolds would qualify as that live with an at-risk person
1: makes sense okay and then the second question is the nfl and the nflpa and i talked to dale Lolly about this yesterday on our podcast they released their protocols for their training camp and for the preseason if there is a preseason they uh-huh. are treating positive cases differently, meaning there's the symptomatic case and there's the asymptomatic case. And the return to play platform for both of those differs. The asymptomatic, so that the person, how they're listening, they're like, what's he talking about? The person that has no fever, that has no sore throat, that has no cough, that has no you know, vomiting, whatever the case may be, any of those symptoms, they don't have them. They feel fine. They're, they're completely living their normal life they don't have to wait as long they get two negative tests back to back after a certain period of time they're back they're good to go is baseball differentiating between the two that you know of that i know of no uh, from what i
0: heard it's it, it, there are a couple protocols you have to get through the big one being you have to pass two consecutive tests yep which i mean 72 hour turnaround that ends up being almost a week yeah in that regard um, yeah they've been while we know Brito and Cedarland tested positive, we do not know that if they are symptomatic. That's you know falling under HIPAA law. That's something that yeah, the players would also have to disclose. So, I I wish I had a better answer for this than Dale, but no. From what I, to my understanding, it's you need to pass two consecutive tests whenever you pass, whether you are symptomatic or asymptomatic.
1: Yeah, in the NFL, I mean, if you're symptomatic, you have those symptoms of fever, you are out for 10 days minimum. And then only when your symptoms are gone, then you have to pass two more tests in consecutive days that are negative. You have no symptoms, you're good to go. Um, in terms of asymptomatic, it's a little bit different. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And I'm sure, like I said, that the Major League Baseball is, is blazing the trail for this. And I hope that they get their ducks in a row. So, that we don't have that rug pulled out from underneath us. But right after this break, Alex and I are going to be talking about the schedule. The Pirate schedule has been released, he's got a lot of good nuggets of information. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. <laughs> all right pittsburgh fans welcome back i'm joined with alex we're talking pittsburgh pirates and major league baseball news we just talked about all the testing policies and the opt out players and all that fun stuff but now it's time to talk about the schedule yesterday I'm sorry monday afternoon it was released the pirate schedule was released 60 games when you saw it Alex was there anything that jumped off the page and you're like wow I can't believe the schedule is playing out like this
0: I guess the big thing would be oh man <laughs> have fun up to the beginning of the season I mean it's going to be a real chance for the parts to put up or shut up I mean this is a team that you know in campus said you know we, we like this group of guys we're excited for the season we feel like you know we could maybe do something especially in a 60 game season well they're gonna have to prove it really early on going by last year's win percentage they have the toughest first two weeks or second toughest first two weeks in baseball and I believe it's 15 out of their first 23 games are on the road. Wow. So that's that's going to be, you know, a challenge right out of the gate. Now, the fortunate part for them is those early games, uh, that's whenever you have the expanded rosters. So maybe you can use your bullpen more aggressively, which, like I've said, I think is the real strength for this team. Uh, I mean <laughs> – that that'd be you know the trying to look at the glass you know a quarter full or an eighth full or whatever percentage it is it's going to be interesting right off the sh- right out of the gate because as we've said this is going to be a really short season and if they start off you know one in eight or whatever that's almost the season right there i mean it's going to be very difficult to go you know 35 and whatever you know with those losses already at the start of the season conversely if you go and you win a couple of those early seasons and you know even have your head above water at like five and four or something and you get through the first you know really tough part of your schedule and then you got you know a road help a road heavy you know finale with a lighter schedule it's like okay now wait a minute maybe these parts do have something to them
1: i'm looking at the schedule right now that was released And I'm just looking at the July August schedule, Alex. Just keep your bags packed, okay? I mean, just don't even unpack. (laughs) Yeah, September will be nice. (laughs) Yes, it will be. But I'm looking at this, so once the calendar moves to August, there are only three days without baseball: the 17th, 24th, and 27th. I mean, this is going to be fast and furious, and I hope that fans whether you are all about the pirates or whether you think they can contend or not. to me, it doesn't matter. This is just sports getting back and it's going to be back in a big way because you're not going to have those. Well, the pirates have two days off or three days off. It's just not going to happen. I mean, they open up on the road in St. Louis starting on the 24th of July. They come back to PNC park for a three game set with the brewers. They get a travel day before going to Chicago, then to Minnesota. I mean, this is going to be frantic from a, Journalistic perspective. Do you like this? Do you like that? Hey, let's just keep rolling, or do you kind of like a couple of days to say, you know what? I'd love to actually sit down and digest what I've seen the past few days.
0: I mean, in a normal baseball season, the thing I love about baseball, one of the things I really love about it, is it is just the summer. There is always baseball going on, and you could pull up a random Monday night, whatever, go and we'll be network and they're going to have quick pitch and you're going to be able to watch highlights that's I, I love that and those days between you know the season and the end of the all-star break are torturous it's just a living thing throughout all of that uh this is going to be my first season where I I I, I freelanced and did other stuff in the past, but this is my first season as full season as a beat reporter. So I'm going to be doing a whole lot more traveling. So maybe I'll come back to, you know, regret these words. I'm excited for it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would like to have, you know, a couple days, you know, scattered out where it's like, okay, I can take a day off or I can, you know, work on something bigger. Yeah. You know, a, a separate project that isn't just, you know, what's going on at the ballpark, but, I'm looking forward to it I mean I I, I miss that I miss that feeling I I I know if this would have been a regular season I would have fallen asleep on the couch you know watching quick pitch for the third time like three dozen times already so it's I'm looking forward to that that's just bring back baseball that's what I
1: miss (laughs) yes bring it back and you know it's funny when I when I used to get when when the schedule would be released and it always gets released really I would always look at the schedule and I'd always look after the the break after the all-star break and I would say to myself you know what what are the odds that this series against the Cubs way deep in the season is going to matter well, I'm doing that same thing now. I just – it's out of habit. And I'm looking at September. They have a four-game stretch. Actually, they have two back-to-back four-game home – it's an eight-game homestand with the Cardinals from September 17th to September 20th, and then the Cubs the 21st to the 24th before they finish up this 60-game season in Cleveland. Three-game set. And I just keep on thinking to myself, man, is that, is that going to loom large? To me, it absolutely is because it's only 60 games. You know, this isn't the, well, the Pirates are competitive and we have some meaningful games in August. No, I mean, this is going to be legitimate a legitimate sprint. I think that's the way that everyone's calling it. This is a sprint. And I'm excited to see what the Pirates can do. If they're competitive, that's awesome. Sports are back. That's even greater, in my opinion. So real quick, the obviously the central – divisions are are matched up together. Uh the NL and the AL Central. What, what do we what can you tell us about the AL Central in regards to not just their teams but are they, they going to pose a threat? I mean is are there, or are these games that the Pirates could actually be like hey we can we can get back in the race because we have a couple series coming up against those those clubs. Yeah, I think
0: uh I mean I <laughs> I cannot get serious about Kansas City and Detroit uh those are two of the worst teams in baseball two of the teams who it it, it doesn't matter if it's a 60 game season it's they're gonna be bad they're not gonna have any chance this season um so those are I mean that's almost half of the new teams of Pirates in our face that's cool for them uh Minnesota they have correct me if I'm wrong you have the schedule in front of you still. They have a home-and-home with them early on, two games each.
1: Yeah, that would be, uh, to tell you, not to interrupt you, uh, that's uh, 3rd and 4th of August and then the 5th and 6th. So they go on the road, and then they're at PNC Park for the 5th and the 6th.
0: I think the Twins are going to be the best team that the Pirates play this year because they won the 100-101 games last year, and then they add Josh Donaldson Mm -hmm. to the mix. So that is a very, very talented group of guys, especially on offense. If there is one saving grace for the Pirates, it's that Derek Shelton knows that team.
1: Oh, you're right. That's a really good point. I can't believe I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was with them last year.
0: <laughs> so, I mean that that's a huge advantage that the Pirates have over the Twins that the Twins don't have over the Pirates. I mean, they True. know they might know how Derek Shelton manages, but maybe not these guys. So. That'll be a benefit for them there. Uh, The White Sox, I think, are low-key. They were my sleeper in the American League this year, and I had them going to the playoffs back whenever it was a 162-game season. I I think it's a very talented group. Adding Grandal is big. They have a good young core of position players. They're going to break out. The question is, is it going to be in 2020 or is it going to be in 2021? Shortened season might make it more likely that it's 2020 because, you know, they're young, they're energetic, they're, you know, they're they're scrappy. For I mean, to just steal an old sports term. And then uh, Cleveland, I do not think is as good as people say. They have about four or five players who run the gamut of being really good to great you know the Lindor's the Jose Ramirez's the Shane Bieber's the Carrasco's but the rest of that team is it's not a complete roster there are a lot of holes on that team and the way this season goes with health the way this season goes with injury it's going to just take one or two injuries for that team to sink. I, I know I've said the same thing about the Cubs because I think the Cubs are built the same way. They're a very top-heavy club and, you know, one bad break, and that pretty much ends it. But I, I think Cleveland isn't built for a 60-game season.
1: It's a really good breakdown because it's – out of all the AL divisions that you could potentially play, would this not be the weakest of them all? This –
0: this is the one that you would want to play. Yeah. Now, I mean, because the East is the East is the East is a the blood East. Back with the Yankees <laughs> and, the, and the Rays. and yeah. the West, I mean, Astros <laughs> I think we'd be able to hear trash cans this year without any fans That's a good point. That, that would echo.: <laughs> But the athletics, the angels still have Mike Trout. I mean, the central is the way to go. You just have one juggernaut. And one really up and coming team, in my opinion. Plus, you get two of the worst teams in baseball. You know, true. Let's let's
1: let's finish this schedule wrap up with let's let's just shine a little light. We're going to dive deep into this in, in upcoming shows as the season gets closer. What about the NL Central? I mean, this is the Pirates' home division. But how have teams changed for better or for worse? I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I I
0: just said that the cubs you know are a top heavy club uh david ross is going to be a first year manager and unlike you know Derek shelton who is also a first year manager but he also has decades of of coaching experience uh ross really doesn't have that it's more of the aaron boone type hire where you get someone who was a recent player and you know not a lot of coaching experience and let's see how it goes (laughs) let's see how that goes uh the Brewers, I think, are the worst club this year. He, they're going to have Christian Jelic, and he's healthy. Uh, but they lost Grindall. And I cannot remember the name of the Mariners catcher that they acquired, but he couldn't be further from Grindall if, if they could have possibly tried. One of the worst pitch framers and not even that great a hitter.
1: Um, well, Braun I might think, not even play.
0: Yeah.
1: Last I saw, uh, he, he's talking about opting out.
0: That that would be a blow, especially since he no longer has the field and he just has to hit. That'd be yeah. a real benefit for him with the DH. Uh, Cardinals, best, one of the best rotations in baseball. I don't see... I, I, I think they still are the team to beat in the division, uh, especially whenever you take someone like Flaherty, who low-key could, could have probably competed for Cy Young over a 162-game season. I don't really want to project what the awards are going to be over 60 because you know josh bell through his first 60 would have been in the mvp discussion last year but over the whole year it's like yeah he was good he was a really good player all-star but not mvp uh and oh yeah and the reds i couldn't remember the reds (laughs) uh Boy, that defense is going to get a whole lot worse with Castellanos out and right and Moustakis at second base, but those are two good bats to add to the lineup. Uh, they're built on pitching and hitting, and, and they're, they really don't care what happens on defense, it seems like.
1: <laughs> clearly, clearly. They
0: yeah. don't. <laughs> Signing Mike Moustakis to a four-year year to play second base, whatever he's played, only a handful of games there.
1: <laughs> good hey, luck. He, he can hit.
0: <laughs> you know what? He has proven he can hit. Yeah.
1: So, oh, it's going to be exciting, and I know that you're excited to be back in there. uh Give the listeners out there, in case they haven't checked it out yet, yeah, give us a glimpse of what what's going to be different about you know, the coverage being in the ballpark in regards to files, articles that are going to be produced. Is there going to be anything different, or you know, what's going on? I mean, we're going to try to
0: keep it as normal as we possibly can. We're still going to have live files. We're still going to travel. Uh, yeah, and I mean, we're gonna have once the regular season starts, we're gonna have um some one one on one access, which I I'm looking forward to. Just you know, being able to talk to a ball player for a couple minutes and get some get some insight yep. from them, especially since out out of like the regular press conference, you know, setting because the stuff I love to write about, you, you know, is a lot of mechanical, you know, mental changes, you know, mm-hmm. changes in approach which really doesn't always lend itself to, you know, sitting down to a Zoom call for 15 or 20 minutes. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to that. Um, The short answer is we're still going to do everything we can to provide the best coverage. I feel like I'm going to do a whole lot of those games out of those 60. So probably 50-something are going to be done by yours truly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that hope other people were looking forward to that I was really hoping this year because this I, I know I had those first couple months uh at the end of last season to introduce myself but this was supposed to be like the real homecoming because that was you know a, a, what was called a trial basis you know I was trying to figure out how to actually work the site and you know go through all that stuff yeah. this was supposed to be the grand you know debut of Alex Trump the beat, rep- beat reporter for the site so I am going to try to still make it as great as I can in this abbreviated season.
1: Yeah, you'll be great. I'm excited for your coverage. I know that the fans out there are excited to read your coverage, get used to seeing his byline because my gosh, it's he's going to be at almost every game folks. So Alex, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. We're looking forward to not only you being at PNC park, but for the upcoming season, we'll talk again next week. Remember everyone that's listening to this podcast, wherever you listen, make sure you follow us, whether that's iTunes, Google play Spotify, Stitcher, overcast anchor. I could go on. We're everywhere look up dk pittsburgh sports or for instance if you're looking for a specific team's podcast just type in Steelers podcast Penguins podcast and we'll even pop up in those searches as well follow us so you don't miss anything check out dk's daily shot every morning this is back to the tunnel your pm show tomorrow i'll be back talking hockey talking pucks with taylor check us out And then in the meantime have a great day we'll see you Take care.